Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Kyle. How are you this frigid morning? Uh, yes, it is cold this morning. After a wonderful, warm set of days, this yeah. is a little bit of a shock to the system. There was actually snowflakes trying to come out yeah, down there. They're, yeah, it's succeeding. Uh, and hello to Rodney back behind the board there. How's everything going, Rodney? Right. Going well. Going yeah. well, thank you. Excellent. We were just talking about Rodney playing golf yesterday and, and how that is not the case today. Ah, yes. Yesterday was a totally different day. Yes. Um, so before we dive into everything, I um, wanted to uh, give a shout out to our sponsors, the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. It is their grant dollars to us that helps uh, produce this show. And if you are interested in having your business profiled on Rhode Island Avenue Radio. If you'd like to be a guest, uh, give me a shout, kyle at riamainstreet.org or 202-808-9050. You know, and and speaking about um, the changing weather and and our sponsors, Mm -hmm. see how I'm tying this together Yes, I see. Very nicely. Uh, We've gotten um, a lot of questions over the last few months about where our funding comes from and what how that's built and um and spring is budget season in in dc government uh there's uh, budget oversight hearings taking place now um, the council is asking for feedback on how different agencies have performed over the last year and um and the the public is encouraged to um go down and testify if they have uh, complaints or kudos to any uh, of the agencies uh, and or suggestions on how the agencies could improve. And uh, budget oversight hearing season then uh, leads into um, the actual um, budget hearings after uh, Mayor Bowser will deliver her version of the budget to the council. Um and, and made it, make it public to the public, <laughs> and, and then uh, and then all of those different agencies get to have hearings again, and the public again is encouraged to participate in the in the public hearing realm um, to let the council and the mayor know uh, if they support um, the proposed budget for any given agency. And it's not just budget season for D.C. It's also budget season for the federal government mm-hmm. and um and uh a few days ago um uh, in the post there was an article uh stated march 8th that um the uh trump administration is considering a six billion with a b dollar cut to the housing and urban development budget the hud budget and um a large part of those cuts uh would uh directly impact community development support and you know as i mentioned at the beginning of each one of our episodes we have part of our funding from the department of housing and community development and and uh 
the large part of that funding comes from what's considered a community development block grant or a CDBG from HUD. And we use those funds not only to produce shows like this, um, but also training programs for small business owners. Um, and a, a very large part goes towards facade improvement grants. So new signage, um, you know, new paint, in some cases, complete facade overhauls. And, um, and this is particularly important in areas like ours where um, a lot of the commercial spaces have been vacant for a long, long time or, um, you know, some, some really amazing businesses have been in existence for 20 or 30 years and they just need some help competing with the new developments that are coming in. You know, what, if, if you see an old beat-up storefront next to a, a shiny new storefront, which one are you going to naturally gravitate towards? And so we, um, we administer those funds uh, out towards um, to small businesses in the area. And that, that happens across the country and certainly across the District of Columbia in, uh, in communities in need. Uh, so, general public and listeners, um, as you're thinking about um, supporting or um, testifying against uh, or in favor of different budget aspects, uh, just remember the work that we do here. Do remember that we are supporting small businesses uh, that are locally owned and that then turn around and invest money back in the community. Um, there was a study done a couple of years ago where, uh, where it was shown that for every dollar that the Department of Small and Local Business Development or the government of D.C. invests in Main Street programs, they get almost $3 back in return. So that, that shows up in the form of increased sales tax revenue, increased business tax revenue, um, commercial property tax revenue, all of those little things that come right back into the, into the city coffers. Uh, so it's very possible that federal funding will have a negative impact on our local budget. And uh, our local budget is where we have some say in, in what happens. So uh, remember, remember what we do for small businesses here in the community, and, um, and we'll hope that you will support things that will help and help us invest more money so uh just just remember that going forward i'm kind of mucking up the end of this but you know there you have it i'm going to stop talking about it right no, now you, you did yeah you did well this is important it's our neighborhood and um we pay taxes so we should see those tax dollars helping our neighborhoods just yep. like they have been so yep. And um, if you would like to be even more directly supportive of the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street program, we have a fancy little Donate Now button on our website. Um, and we, uh, we are a 501c3, so all donations to us are tax deductible. Um, if you are a business uh, that would like to sponsor any of our activities that are going on, we're happy to talk to you. 202-808-9050. Okay, that's enough of that. Um, going on to some real quick announcements. Um, Porch Fest is coming up on April 15th. Yay, Porch Fest. The weather's going to be nice, right? Right. right? The weather's going to be perfect. Uh, it was perfect last year. The weather's going to be just like last year. Oh, my God. It was perfect yeah. last year. 
and we have some great bands lined up already. We have some great porches lined up. We're actually even going to have a main stage uh, over at um, 1301 Rhode Island Avenue. There's going to be a, an open area there with a big stage and some food trucks, and we're really excited about it. Um, so that's April 15th, Saturday, April 15th, from 2 to 6 p.m., Porch Fest. And more information is on our website, riamainstreet.org, or our Facebook page, RIA Main Street. Okay, and now we're joined by Casey from Good Food Markets. Hey, Casey, how's it going? Hey, Kyle, good. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. How's everything at the market this week? Things are going well. Um, we were open on Wednesday, International Women's Day. Um, our female staff decided to um, take the day to recognize International Women's Day, and um, the sport was held down by Philip, who most of you are familiar with. But um, it was nice to see support from the community as a small business um, that is predominantly female-run. Um, but, yeah, I think it was, it was a good showing on Rhode Island Avenue. Yeah, I was really, uh, really heartened to see uh, when when the the Day Without Women protest came along. Of course, we all want to support it. But I was mm-hmm. I was a little worried about the impact on small businesses, particularly mm-hmm. small businesses that are owned by women. And so, I'm really glad that the organizers uh, put that caveat in to to support women-owned businesses. Yeah, I think that we found a really nice balance at our store, um, and I think I saw that through our GC as well. So we were really happy with it. Good. Yeah. So what's new? What's new at the market? Uh, I know yeah. the weather. Weather's been a little bipolar. Yes, it has I been. I know. We keep thinking that we're going to be getting some crops from our local farmers, but with the freeze coming up, we're not so sure. Um, so we're getting a lot of produce right now from South America, and it is transitioning to you know the southern states. So we're getting some more things from Florida now. Um, the strawberry season is starting to wrap up in Florida, but we're going to be getting more blueberries from them. Um, and then there's some fun mangoes that we have now. So not the traditional mango with the large pit inside. These are much smaller. Um, they're a little yellow orangish, um, and they're called champagne mangoes. Yes. And Love they're those. they're super soft, really sweet. Um, and we've got a ton of those. So I've never That's- heard of these. Where are these from? So these are coming from um, Mexico right now, um, but they grow in tropical climates, and it's just a different variety of a mango. And they are spectacular. Ah, so they're yeah, still very sweet. Very and, okay. Yeah, they, you know, regular mangoes have almost a, um, I don't know, I always describe it as a little bit of a, a musky flavor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These, are, mm-hmm. these are just sweet and mm. amazing. Yeah, totally missing from the fruit. champagne mango. All right, sounds good. Yeah, you, yeah. Just just pureeing them and putting them yeah. in popsicle molds is an amazing thing to do. Oh, yeah, okay. I know a lot of Very people healthy. that mango rice, too. Mm-hmm. Um, as a nice, easy, quick dessert, you you know take some rice, and you can add sugar and milk if you want to. You don't have to. But why? Uh, <laughs> yeah, if it's so sweet. So sweet, super nutritious, easy dessert. Um, yeah. So that's All right, awesome. I'm sold. <laughs> Sounds good. I know what's for dessert tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and if anybody was wondering, we're going to have plenty of green cabbage for St. Patrick's Day coming up. Oh. you got to get in your corned beef and cabbage. Yes, I have my um, corned beef already. Yeah, yeah, so we'll have some of that. What kind of um, vegetables are good right now? I mean, it, it is bipolar weather, hot, cold, yeah. snow, rain, windy. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of, I mean, there's huge fluctuation in the avocado market always mm-hmm. um, just because of where they're coming from and the conditions that they're grown and they require a lot of water. 
and mostly coming from places like California and Mexico. Um, but the the vegetables are, are not quite in yet. Um, we're seeing some peppers from, from Florida, um, and we're getting some of our greens from California. Um, but right now is really the time for fruit. I think people sometimes don't um, think of citrus as a winter fruit. They want that in the summer. They want orange juice and grapefruit and lemons and limes, but this is the season for it. Get them now while they're, um, while they're fresh coming from California. Um, those Cara Cara oranges and those blood oranges are so delicious, super-duper sweet. Um, get them now before they're, they're coming from, you know, South America or even sometimes internationally when it's summer. Okay, pop quiz. Um, what's, <laughs> what's the flavor of the month of the Trickling Springs ice cream? Ooh, luck of the Irish. Huh? <laughs> luck of the Irish? What is that? Luck of the Irish. It's kind of like a, uh, a thin mint. Ooh. Oh, he so, yeah. yeah. He's drooling. <laughs> you have him drooling over here. Chocolate, yeah, luck of the Irish. So that'll be in um, today, actually. Yeah. Yes, all right. What Wait. time yeah. did you say that would be in? <laughs> <laughs> so he can uh, uh, roll down. He'll be taking a break window. then. It'll be like, hmm, it's break time. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. I'll be right there. Uh, mangoes <laughs> and ice cream. This is Yeah, heaven. exactly. All right. Uh, so, Casey, we're, we're, remind listeners where they're going to find you. Yep, so we're at 2006 Rhode Island Avenue Northeast. Um, that's, that's 20th in Rhode Island. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Good Food Markets. We're on Instagram as Good Food Market um, and Twitter as Good Food Market PC. Great. Thank you so yeah. much. We'll talk to you next Thanks, week. Thanks, Take care. Right. Take care. Bye. Um, so let's get on with our guest here. Uh, we have got... Uh, Tiffany from Backsbridge Digital joining us again today. How you doing, Tiffany? I'm all right. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so this is Tiffany's second visit. Um, Tiffany, you're not only uh, a, a two-time winner being on the show here, but... <laughs> you um, didn't know, did you? <laughs> Ooh, what an honor. <laughs> um, you, you cover two different aspects here. Not only are you a local business owner in the neighborhood, but... Uh, you provide services to our small businesses here. In Indeed, I am a. Uh, I am also a client, as they say. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're not just the president; you're right. a client. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for our listeners' benefit, uh, give a little recap of what Backsbridge Digital is all about. Sure. So uh, what I do is I work with small businesses, particularly of the sort supported by uh, Rhode Island Avenue Main Street, and I help those businesses get online in a really um, economical but also professional and polished way. Um, Frequently, a lot of small business owners don't really know where to start with their website because that's not their business. That's not what they do. But it's my business. It's what I do. And um, so what we do is we just come in, we fix your website, we build you a new website if that's what you need, we get you all set up for search engines, we get you set up on social, we get you set up with professional email if that's what you want. And then um, we can either turn that over to you so you can manage it, or we can manage it for you, whichever works better for your needs. And um, we've helped several businesses along the avenue right now, and everybody has been really happy and and positive about it so far. So do you uh, do businesses from scratch? You mentioned helping uh, Mm -hmm. people update their websites, but what about some of these businesses that just don't have anything? 
um, I can, which is a death knell. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, um, frequently, I find that businesses, usually the people I work with, have one. Though certainly, I can and do work with businesses that just don't have websites. But more frequently, what happens is they they have some little kind of homemade job, and it looks really homemade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what I come in and do is br- give you something that looks a little bit more professionally managed, um, but is still very easy for them to update or for me to update for them. How long does it typically take to build a website? And I'm sure it varies depending on how detailed. Sure. Um, It can vary quite a bit because um, uh, one business that I worked with here on the Avenue, um, which was, um, they don't, it's a store, but they don't do any like online sales or anything. They really just need their their, um, website to tell you who they are, what they do and how to get there. That took me maybe six or eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a lot of that was just the kind of back and forth and waiting for the client to get back to me because he's got a business to run. Um, but other businesses where the needs are maybe a little bit more complex and I have to do a little bit more um, more coordination, a little bit more digging, um, that can take um, up to three months. But it, it really does vary depend on, depending on the complexity of the site necessary and how much time the client has to devote to it. Right, right. I saw on your site that uh, you do specialize working with the small and local businesses and that you actually offer fixed pricing mm-hmm. for them. Yes, I usually, I almost always quote like a fixed price contract and that way um, you don't get surprised with a big bill at the end. Right. Um, you've agreed up front, like this is, how, this is what it's going to take. Um, and that allows you to plan and it also allows me to sort of um, do what needs to get done without having to go back to you for right. more money later. Um, so we did. So That's what I tried to terrific. do is, I mean, right. I try to make sure that we have a really clear understanding of what the project involves up front, so that everybody gets treated fairly. Yeah. So I know you said that you can design um, websites from scratch. If you do that, do you use a custom temp or template, or do you design things so, on your own? Um, typically, what I do is I am not a designer, designer, um, or even really a, like a full-on developer. Um, what I am is more of a in the corporate world, I was called a content strategist. Um, so, but really what I do is I use a lot of existing templates and then customize them to make them into something that's a little bit more unique to you. I can color, you know, customize colors, fonts, photography, All of layouts. those things that are very important as right. a shopper. Right, all of those and, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and I have some of the, the, the businesses that I've worked with have, um, had, have just had their brands professionally redone by another one of our um, small business uh, providers. Um, what, what does that mean, have, have their brands redone? So they, they may... Um, a lot of people start out with like a logo that they kind of create themselves out of clip art, like mm-hmm. in Microsoft Word. <laughs> right, um, Drew on the word back art. Of an yes, <laughs> exactly. Bubbles. And so, what the you know the the if they if they work with this branding consultant, what they get is a professionally designed logo and then a full brand guide. So they have determined colors for their um, for their lay for their for their brand and they have fonts that they've they've that have been chosen and so um what that does is that gives me a lot of guidance on what to pick for the website so that i can make your website match your signage for example that's pretty important do you offer um services if the site malfunctions Mm -hmm. or if it's hacked or something like that? Um, If it is hacked or broken or anything, because that's the kind of thing that happens with some systems, Um, like WordPress, for example, is very common, but it's also um, it requires a lot of hand-holding because Mm -hmm. it's constantly under attack, like Russian bots are constantly trying to hack it. Really? Um, yes, actually, hmm. it's it's um, it's pretty common. Well, that um, seems to be a trend <laughs> these days. Yeah, so you know, it, it doesn't just affect um, the the DNC; it affects uh, small business owners as well. Um, and so, one of the things that I do whenever I install a, um, 
a website on that platform, I first of all, I make sure I install all the appropriate security plugins and then I monitor them. Like that's a service that's available. And then if it does get compromised, I can come in and fix it. So that is also, yes, something that I'll, that I can help people with, whether it was my site that I built or not. Oh, okay. Okay. So they could call you in if they find out about you. Yeah. I was just, um, I was just realizing yesterday that I have sort of entered like that fixer stage of my career where I used to, um, the joke is I always used to joke that I was like Jules Winfield for websites, like say, click here one more time, <laughs> trying to get people to write better. Yeah. And because I was in house and I didn't really have the authority to make people do it. I just sort of had to intimidate them into it. Um, but now that, <laughs> now that I'm out on my own and I own my own business, people are calling me in when there's a problem. And then I, show up like in my tuxedo and ask for a cup of coffee and say I saw I'm sorry if I'm abrupt but I believe our time is short and they just start like okay this is what we're going to do to fix the problem um so that's kind of that's the the joke I make now is that I'm in the Winston Wolf stage of my career for those of you who are familiar with fiction um Yes, I show up and I fix problems. Okay, all right. Well, I noticed a lot of websites sometimes aren't compatible with the tablet or the mobile device. Do you uh, talk to the clients about how important that is? Yes, that is really, really important, you guys. So important. Um, one, one of the things, when, I, when I'm building your website, like, it's going to be responsive. We call that responsive, when okay. it works with a, a tablet or a phone and it kind of adjusts itself to the size of the device you're looking at. Um, any site I build is responsive. Um, because so that's I think standard for you, then? That is standard. I mean, that should be standard It should be for standard anybody. for everyone. Yeah. Right. Anybody who's getting their website done now, I don't care who it is, like, responsive should be a basic expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and if I'm doing it, it's going to be. So um, I don't... So there. Yeah. So yes. there, yeah. <laughs> that, no, because, I mean, it's, the iPhone has been out now for 10 years. Right. It's time. Right. Yeah. Like, there's just no longer any excuse yeah, and, for a and website that doesn't work with it. Most people aren't carrying around their PCs anymore. Right. They, 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 or their laptops. Sorry, I'm old. PCs. Their laptops. Well, you know, I mean, your laptop I, is your phone. I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in front of my computer at my desk, and before <laughs> I know it, I'm looking at everything that I could be looking at on my computer on my phone just because that's... Right. It's right there. And, you know, plenty of people like that's once they're out of the office, that's their primary way of accessing the Internet. Like Mm -hmm. even I like I work with computers for a living and I frequently will try to go an entire weekend without ever opening my laptop because I haven't opened my laptop other than my work laptop. in Exactly. Weeks. So, you know, I will I will do like all of my Internet for the weekend on my phone frequently. Um, And, you know, because you're out, you're chasing your kids, you're out like grocery shopping. Maybe you keep your I keep my shopping list on my phone so I don't leave my shopping this at home um (laughs) so um you know so that's the really uh, so that kind of mobile optimization is really important critical oh go ahead oh uh, do you offer training for uh people that don't know how to do it as part of the package um i train people on how to manage their website when i'm done um you know when i'm turning it over to you like this is how you update your website because it's your website and i want you to feel like you have control over it um and for some clients, that's enough. They're, they're ready to go. They don't, maybe they don't have a high enough volume of updates that they really need to do a lot of updating. Some clients have a much higher volume, and they don't really have time to do it themselves, so I'm still managing their websites. Okay. Um, but, yes, I mean, my intention is always that if I walked away from that website, you would be okay without me. So at the end of the day, do you own the website or does the business own the website? They own the website. I turn it over to them. Um, usually the way it works on my contract is that, like, upon final payment, I turn over, like, ownership of the website Um, unless you're going to maintain it well even if i even if they're even if they're gonna if i'm gonna maintain it it's still your website you should be able to feel like you own your website 
um, and I'm just hired to maintain it. Like I want people to feel like they're in control of it because something that that people run into problems with is they have a developer, the developer abandons the project, suddenly they don't have any of their passwords, they don't have control of the accounts, like they're screwed. And um, I don't ever want anybody to feel like they're at my mercy. That's good. <laughs> I mean, no, that, that, that really is good. I wish other uh, business owners had that. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it sounds very, you know, kind of, you know, confrontational and suspicious. But the truth is, these are the things that happen to people. Right. You know, you have vendors that flake out or whatever. You have conflicts. People fixing homes, plumbers, right, electricians, exactly. like builders. It can, you know, if it can happen in your house, it can happen in your website. Right. So, um so I think it's it's just very important that people feel um, that people have control of it, that they have what they need, that if they had to work with somebody else for whatever reason, I mean, because any number of things could happen. I could win the lottery and disappear. Hmm. Um, I don't like to say hit by a bus. I like to say, what if I won the <laughs> win lottery? Win the lottery. No, that's a good one. <laughs> what if I won the lottery and stopped answering my phone? Like, you should feel like you could pick up with somebody else. Good, good point. Good point. So uh, when you and I chatted earlier and, and I asked what, what the new thing was you you mentioned local search local search and this kind of ties back into that mobile thing that we were just discussing everybody walking around with their phones all the time um when you search google for something and and you'll get like a pop-up if you do it on an iphone it'll say google would like to use your location Um, ah right and the reason that they ask that is because google is trying to figure out where you are so it can figure out which um which uh, search results are most relevant to you. Like, for example, if you're standing here on the avenue and you search for copy shop, um, like a print shop, it wants to know that you're closest to Global Printmaster. Um, and it wa- if you search for coffee shop, it wants to know that you're closest to Zeke's. So that's really, really important. So um, local search, if you have a brick-and-mortar business, is probably one of the most important things you can pay attention to on your website, even more than just general search engine optimization. Um, so... The, the best way to do that, first of all, is you, know, you want to make sure that you have claimed all of your listings everywhere on the, webs- on the web. So um, Yelp, Foursquare, um, which is like a social check-in service if you're not familiar with it. Um, Facebook, so you have to indiv- I'm sorry, you have to individually go to these different places. You have to make wow. sure that you have to set up a profile on them. Okay. And sometimes like, the business will set up the profile for you. Um, you know, like Yelp will just pull from directories and just set up a place so that people can leave reviews for your business, whether you know they're leaving them right, or not. Right. Um, you want to make sure that you know, right? So, um, for uh, excuse me, Facebook will frequently have a page for your business, even if you haven't set it up. Like right. they'll just, they as call a it a location. community page, right. yeah, as a location, and then people are posting on it and leaving reviews on it, and you might have no idea it's there. Please make sure that you are checking for these things and that you know they're there. Um, and also, and something that people don't always notice because they just kind of think it's part of Google search results, and it is, but you can control it. It's called Google My Business. If you search for a business name in Google and you get on the right-hand side of your screen, um, you get that very, like, rich um, listing with, you know, telephone numbers and hours and photos and the map link and, um, and all of that and, like, reviews and things. That's, that's a profile that you can manage. It's, it's in a service called Google My Business. You can claim it. Google will just create one for every business it finds, but you can claim it and manage it. And Google wants you to do that because Google doesn't know if you changed your hours unless you tell it. So one of the things that I do for my clients is I make sure first thing that their Google My Business information is up to date and accurate. 
Um, once you are listed as the owner of the business, you'll get a report from Google every month. How many people searched for you and found that listing? How many people went to your website from that listing? How many people used that listing to call you? Because it's optimized for mobile. Like, it'll show up on desktop, and then there's a big button that says send to your phone. Alternately, if you're searching for it on your phone, there's a big button that says call. Like, they can just call directly from the search results. They don't have to open, like, the phone app. They, it'll just call you. Um, so, I use that oh, I use that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Are you searching for a business right now, Kyle? Uh, no, I actually Googled Google my business. Uh, right, right. That's, yeah, you're Googling your business right now. <laughs> so that's um, so what it does is you, when you claim it, it'll set up, like, a verification process. If it has a phone number for your business, it can just call you. And it'll, like, vocally give you a uh, confirmation number over the phone that you can type in. Or um, if it doesn't have a phone number, it'll offer you the option to send you a postcard. And so you'll a couple of days later, you'll get a postcard with a big verification code on it. You go in and you type that in, and then you become, like, the owner of that business listing. And, you know, it's important because if you don't claim it, people can – like, this This gets tied into your Google Maps listing and things like that. Um, a client that I worked with um, that is a large concert venue in the area, somebody had actually moved their Google Maps location, like, two miles down the road. Oh, wow. To a Holiday Inn. Just randomly? <laughs> just moved did? it. Somebody just moved it. So could someone else potentially, I mean, all of this talk of hacking and things, could someone else potentially take well, over your business they, if they, you don't? It's hard for them to, I mean, it's not impossible, but it's hard for them to just take over your listing and own it. But it is, like, Google Maps asks people if... If you've been here, I've got Well, if you've question. been there, and it also asks, like, do we have the wrong location for this right. place? And so, like, you can suggest corrections to Google Maps just as a regular person. And I think this person, I don't know if they were pranking or if they were just wrong, but they... Or they were sending them to their concert venue. Or may, no. you know, maybe they were the owners of the Holiday Inn. Right. You don't know. Right. <laughs> um, they, they had just moved the location of this, wow. of this concert venue, like, two miles down the road. And so um, when you have, when you are controlling your listing like that... They don't do that. They don't ask for corrections to their to their directions, um, and this feeds into gosh, this feeds into all kinds of things. Like on in Apple Maps, you can, when you're looking for directions, you can look for like restaurants along the route that you're traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are if you are locally optimized, Apple Maps can find you. It's that kind of thing. It's very important because so much of um, what we search for is sort of influenced geographically by where we are. Um, And that way, you know, because it's, I mean, think about it. If you're traveling in a new place and you want to know where to eat, how do you know? Like you might check Foursquare or you might check, um, or you might just ask Google, like, where can I get breakfast near me? Things like that. Um, So it's really important to catch not only people who are, like, already here and might already be regular customers of your business, but visitors as well. Um, So those are are kind of the big four. It's Google, Facebook, Yelp, and Foursquare are the four big ones that you want to make sure that you're taking control of. Um, depending on what your business is, there might be more of them. For example, if you're a contractor, there's Angie's List. Right. Um, right. Most people, though, I think on the Avenue, like, Angie's List, not such a big deal to them. Um, and if you are a contractor, maybe Yelp, not the not your primary concern or Foursquare, but you know you want to pick the ones that are most relevant to you in your business, um, and that's kind of base level. That's like local search 101. Advanced local search. Um, Google also, you know how Google has Street View, right? They send the ca- the cars with the cameras down the street, and mm-hmm. you can you can like walk down Rhode Island Avenue on Google. Um, they also allow you to do Street View tours inside your business. So. If you get the right camera and use the Street View app on your phone, you can actually put the inside of your business into Google Street View. Mm. Oh, we've heard about that before. Yeah. 
it's a it's a pretty cool feature but it does take some specialized equipment and it does take a little bit of time because you have to take the photos like three meters apart um, but Google actually runs a program where they once a photographer has submitted and had approved like it's a huge number it's like 50 of these street views street view tours they will actually make them up like a trusted street view photographer and start referring businesses to them um, it's also a service that I'm offering now just a shameless plug there um, that is something that I can that is something I can help you with I, I bought the camera and have started playing with it um, so that but that's a thing to think about particularly if you have the kind of business where people want to check you out ahead of time like if you have a um, hair salon for example uh, I'm going to be piloting it with um, five points with the co-working space up the street because you know if you're looking for a co-working space you kind of want to check the scene out yeah um, if you can look at it without having to go there right exactly you, know, you just get a sense for what the building looks right. like and things like that um and and what kind of place it is um i think that can be really valuable if you have a store and you want people to see kind of what your store looks like on the inside it's not necessarily critical for every single business to have that and not every business has an interior that maybe presents well that way so it's not necessarily for everybody but it can be a real boost to businesses that um, kind of want to show off their interiors before before anybody has even come in the door right right like so, you probably wouldn't want to have say the inside of a dermatology office or something like that. right exactly like if you're like a dentist maybe not um <laughs> maybe the waiting room right exactly exactly but you know places where people go and they kind of want a particular ambiance definitely like yeah, think about like a that spa or something right exactly yeah. exactly yeah, you know what i'm thinking yeah that sounds mm-hmm. awesome if a business is interested in utilizing your services what would they need to expect to supply to you right um, from the beginning so what i generally need is the login information to whatever website you currently have if you have one um, so, um, like hosting passwords, if, if it's got a content management system like WordPress or something, I would need to log into that. Um, logo files, like original art logo files, not just like the little crappy quality one I can download from your existing website. Like somewhere there's a Photoshop the file one, and I right. need it, right? Yeah. Um, and if you don't have one, I need to know that too, because we might have to get you one. Um, so those are probably the first things. Um, other things would be like, I, I'm going to want to know all about what you're currently using your website for, what do you want to use your website for in the future, what are people always asking you that you feel like it would be great if this were just on my website and then people wouldn't have to ask me all the time, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Um, those are those, the kind of information that I'm really interested in knowing. I want to know, like, who are your clients? Who do you wish your clients were? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who are you not reaching that you want to reach? That kind of thing. Um, because you know your business way better than I do, and so I really count on you to tell me... Um, you know, who are your customers? Because I don't necessarily know. Right. And, uh, you know, as we were talking about at the top of the show, uh, heads up, Main Street businesses, you know, we have we have funds available to help offset some of these costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are listening to this and you're interested in getting uh, an upgrade to your website, um, you know, give me a call and and we'll see what we can how we can help and i mean i live here in in the brooklyn area so you know rhode island avenue main street is my main street and i love working with businesses on the avenue because then i always feel like 
I'm, you know, helping out and contributing directly in my community. I love working with Rhode Island Avenue businesses. They're, they're pretty wide and varied, aren't they? And they I, you know, I re- they really are. Like, I've I've gotten, uh, I've been kept pretty busy just in the neighborhood. That's great. That's nice. Yeah, That's it's, it's nice. fantastic. I once had a day where I just had wall-to-wall meetings, and every single one of them was in, like, at the space of two blocks. Right. That sounds <laughs> like a walk to work. That was a great day. So, <laughs> Tiffany, how did you get into building websites? Well, when I was in college, um, so I was in college in like the late 90s, right, where that was really just becoming a thing. And so I was sitting in my room, like teaching myself HTML. On Whatever Geos- that is. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> exactly. I was teaching myself like the, you know, the, the most basic coding language on the web on um, GeoCities for people who remember GeoCities. I remember uh, GeoCities. Yeah. Pour one out for GeoCities. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I just, it was always kind of a hobby because my, you know, my degree's in political science. And then, you know, but political science is like, you know, it's basically you major and you want fries with that. Like, it's not very useful <laughs> unless you're going to grad school. And so I kind of bounced around a little bit after after college and eventually ended up um, recruiting people to build websites because I was working at a staffing firm. And so I was recruiting people in this field and still kind of messing around with it on my own time. And then as the company that I worked for was closing that practice because um, they decided they didn't want to be in that business anymore, I had an old colleague called me and she's like, I know that you're not really doing this and you're getting out of it, but I've had this job open for four months and we can't find anybody that we even want to interview. And I looked at it and I was like, you know, I could do this job. And so basically one of my last acts as a recruiter was to place myself in a new ah, job. Hey, that's what I'm talking about there. <laughs> and, uh, and that was with a, a nonprofit organization that needed somebody to work on their website. And I was there for several years and then I moved into, um, um, like federal contracting I did that for a couple of years and hated it and um, and then when I was done with that I decided to strike out on my own because the thing that always kind of made me like pound the table was when I'd go to a restaurant and their website was bad yeah. and I'm yeah. like this food is really delicious and your website sucks right. Right. <laughs> like how can I fix this for you so um, so that's really been so right now like I'm doing pretty much exactly what I've always wanted to do well that's pretty exciting and this is a uh, growing field I mean I don't see the internet going anywhere. No, it's not going away, and it keeps changing. So right. there's always there's always something new, which is part of the excitement for me. Is that like you know what I do now doesn't look that much like what I was doing ten years oh, ago. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. And always um, always cutting edge opportunities for businesses to up their game. Mm-hmm. Um, if if the if the brick and mortar is to survive, they they've got to survive by staying as fluent in the digital world as they are in the, sure. in the brick and mortar. Well, world. and in a city like DC, where you know neighborhoods are changing so rapidly, um, you know small businesses need to compete with you know kind of larger, better funded businesses, and I think that's why, you know, that's why. Rhode Island Avenue is so important, like the, the, the Main Street is so important because it helps these kind of smaller businesses compete with kind of the, the changing demographics of the neighborhood. I think that's really critical. That's something I'm really passionate about. So um, basically it's kind of a win-win-win as far as I'm concerned. And uh, it, it's a win-win for us to, to have you working mm-hmm. in, the, in the community to do, st- do stuff like this. Thank you so much um, for all of that. Yes. So if our listeners are interested, how do they get in touch with you? Um, well, our listeners are small businesses, are home-based businesses yeah, sure. in the neighborhood. Absolutely. Um, 
my website is baxbridge.com so like b-a-x and then bridge like a large structure over water <laughs> dot com um also you know if you really cannot if you just cannot remember me or the name of my business kyle will send you right to me <laughs> so <laughs> this is true <laughs> kyle does that on a regular basis so um so yeah if you, you can you can find me online or you can just ask kyle who's that chick that does the websites yeah. kyle will send just you just the me. ward five chick that does the websites. <laughs> that ward five chick is tiffany bridge thanks for joining us today thank you guys yeah and uh just to uh, add another little bump on there for any of my uh colleagues that may be listening uh Backsbridge, tiffany and Backsbridge are um a certified business enterprise cbe mm. in, in dc and um, that means that uh, she is a, a, approved to um, to do work that is funded by grants. I can make your life easier in every Main Street. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Okay, well, that wraps up another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.